transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Well, night has fallen on the desert, and we are here in Joshua Tree, right where we belong. The tourists are starting to come back, and the hobo riders are being shuffled out of the off-season Airbnbs, where they've been living, where we've been living, an end-of-summer ritual. Now listen, get out your notepad or your text editor or whatever, or Sharpie, and write this down. It's our studio line. Are you ready? All right, it's 760-366-8471. That's 760-366-8471. We are going to take your calls in the second half of the hour, and we want you to be prepared. It's like the Poison Control Center number, 911. Keep it handy, but use it responsibly. Or the man will come and take away your cell phone. And then what are you going to do? Sometimes you'll hear somebody describing someone else as angelic or an angel. Oh, she's an angel. Oh, he's just a little angel. And first of all, no, it's almost certainly wrong. And sometimes people will even name their children angel. It's like a kind of name insurance. A funny thing because if you ever watch TV, there are always a lot of people named Angel in prison. It's almost like it doesn't work. Look at Los Angeles. That did not work. Of all the things you can accurately say about Los Angeles, describing it as the heavenly realm of the Queen of the Angels is just incorrect. In fact, they just put out a song about this. Lana Del Rey and the other one, Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter, the one who climbs up in Joshua trees like some kind of panda who doesn't have any sense. They made a song about this and they said, Don't call me Angel. Don't do it. Because it's one of those things people say to try to make the other and feel like they are automatically lower in the pecking order. Unless it's an actual angel. And then you're probably not going to say angel to somebody you have a lot of respect for. Probably not. The meanings of words are constantly changing. It's like calling somebody son or honey. use of the name Angel was the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff called Angel about a character named Angelus, I believe. And surprise, he was a vampire who killed everybody. But now he was sorry. Something happened. I don't remember what. It was one of 
of the last TV shows I remember watching roughly around the time it was broadcast during this century. His name was Angel, but he got turned into a demon and then he did something so horrible that it was even considered bad for demons. And he got made into a guilty vampire and then I guess he was sort of an avenging angel in the Old Testament sense. Do get offended if you did not watch what they watched on TV. 
somebody from across the party saying something like, listen to that jackass over there bragging about not watching the TV. Because that happens. People are very touchy about watching television in 2019. They don't want you mentioning that people used to do more things not so long ago. When the TV was sort of a last resort. the TV, please don't let that, of all things, prompt you to call or write. I don't mind if you watch the TV. Maybe it's okay for other people to be okay with somebody who just doesn't happen to watch a lot of it. Nobody jumps down your throat for being a vegetarian anymore. Not even for being a vegan. Nobody gets too upset if you don't listen to the electronic dance music they enjoy. That's usually okay. This episode is going to be about angels. And I want to tell you a short true story that my grandmother in New Orleans told me when I was very little. Jesus out of me with this story. She was a member of a large family. They were Cajuns. They lived out in the Bayou country. They were orphans. It was like something out of a Great Depression novel. So you had a couple of teenagers who acted as the parents, and then a bunch of little kids. I believe there were nine of them in all, and they lived in this old farmhouse out on the bayou. And one night, as they were getting ready to wrap up their day and go to bed, because the only light they had consisted of kerosene lanterns and candles. They saw a kind of brilliant white light shine from above onto the barn. And then it lit up the top of the kind of loft. Do they call it loft? I bet they don't call it a loft. A renovated barn would be a loft. It's where they kept the
decided that it was a positive thing and that they were going to make it because they had just lost their mother and they had lost their much older father several years previous. So, being my grandmother, who was a little weird with the stories, she dragged it all out until we thought it was going to be some horrific monster that burst out and slaughtered the slow ones, the younger ones. But now they woke up in the morning that we're going to make it, and they did. By themselves. If you've ever heard that old country song,
We are back on Desert Oracle Radio on KCDZ 107.7 FM in the high desert. Thanks for joining us tonight. We are going to welcome to the studio our guest... we know as Terry Taylor Castillo and if you look in a bookstore that has books on spiritualism new age topics you're going to come across a lot of books by Terry Lynn Taylor hi Terry welcome hi you're the first guest we've had in the studio Oh, no way. Yes. <laughs> I tell that. It's uh, it's something we've been trying to figure out how to do for a while. And we're still trying to figure out how to do it. I love experiments. It's an experiment. <laughs> so I started reading one of your books, which is The Messengers of Light. What's the full title of that one? Messengers of Light, The Angel's Guide to Spiritual Growth. Yeah. That was my first book I wrote. And then you did kind of a, a wrap-up that involves that one and some others? Yeah. The last one I did was um, Messengers of Love, Light, and Grace. And you started writing these in the 1980s, is that correct? Yes. I started keeping a journal on... Um, my spiritual growth when I was in college and I went to school in um, Norfolk, Virginia at Old Dominion so I was near the Edgar Casey Library so during the winter I'd go in there and study and no one would be in there but there'd be these amazing books and there would actually be some psych journals too so I thought, you know, I'm going to really get serious about my spiritual path now. And, you know, I'm going to do everything, meditate and quit eating meat. You know, all the things that I thought would involve a spiritual path. And I realized um, one day when I was meditating, I had set up a little room to meditate with an altar and all that, that... Um, I wasn't really enjoying life very much as a on my spiritual path and you know needed to figure out if I should even continue this whole thing you know so I was reading and I came across the saying angels can fly because they take themselves lightly is this the the old Scottish (laughs) yes and it I think in the book I was reading it was G.K. Chesterton it was attributed to him or maybe it was in one of his books and that was actually what I wanted to title this book but the publishers thought it was too long but the point of it is that saying made me realize I was taking everything so seriously and the key was lighten up and then the other part of that was Okay, angels. Now, I know they can save me from a car accident, you know, because I've had experiences and all that, but what are they doing now? Like, what is my guardian angel thinking right now? Could could they help me along the spiritual path? So I just started to think, 
start writing in my journal about angels, anything I remembered about it. I'd start asking people, do you believe in angels? And I would never really get a no. Some people go, well, I don't know if I want to call it an angel, but I've had experiences that would definitely, I couldn't explain, you know. So I thought, this is good. And then I start to go to every bookstore that I would normally go to, looking for a book that would kind of take angels out of the religious realm and be more accessible, like what's really going on here. So I never found that book. I'd find things really new age, maybe, but very obscure. And then I was saying to a friend of mine, you know, I never can find the book I want on angels. Maybe I should just write one. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I don't know if I'm serious. But then I thought, you know, I've got this journal full of all these little things I've been doing with angels, like writing letters and sealing them, you know, to my guardian angel. Then I'd read that if you're in a confrontation with someone, or like say you have a person that you want to get past some stuff, that you ask your guardian angel to talk to their guardian angel, and next time you meet, for the guardian angels to communicate to each other while you're communicating with the person for more, you know, a little more insight into how to get past the, the issues. So what do you think we're, we're talking about when we're talking about an angel? I mean, are you... Is it a is it an energy source? Is it an entity? Yeah. Is it some sort of it's, communication? It's all of the above, I think. <clears throat> um, that's why I refer to it as angel consciousness. I feel like it's a consciousness, an energy that we have, you know, to tap into. And I think it's kind of our creative source of new ideas. Um, breakthroughs, reminders. So, like, if you're just getting too upset over something, just wait a minute, you know, take calm down, you know. Little voices say, no, this is not, this is an illusion, or, you know, that kind of thing. So, so is it like a, a wisdom that we don't have or we don't believe we have all the way ourselves that informs what we do? Yeah. I think it is. I think it's um, definitely an intelligence and a wisdom. But I feel like we we're part of that. You know, it's not separate from us. But sometimes we separate ourselves from that. And I think with meditation, with anything that takes you outside of yourself, you know, a mind is a terrible thing, really. And get into your just being, then you access that. So you wrote this first book mostly so that such a book would exist because you couldn't find one. Right. And I wasn't, you know, it was an interesting way it happened. Um, I was living in Malibu and a friend of mine was writing for a, um, a magazine called L.A. Style. And she did the character section. So she had met me and she thought, oh, you're writing a book on angels. Can I do a story on you? You know, because it would be kind of campy and all that. So that was kind of fun. And then um, I had an agent who, you know, he wasn't really a book agent, but he sort of was. That's another long story. 
but then I was also it's around. Very Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. Description so, of a person. but I actually had a friend who was a book editor, and he was editing a friend of mine's book. And he said he asked if he could see my proposal, and I said, "Oh, you know, I don't know. I I don't know if it's ready." He goes, "Well, can I just see what you're doing?" And I said, "All right." He said, "Hey, I like this, and I'm going to show it to my public." The publisher he was working for was Jeremy Tarcher, and so that was pretty big. Jeremy Tarcher um, published the Aquarian Conspiracy, and that kind of started a whole wave of. I think before that he was publishing cookbooks. So he said, wow, this is pretty cool, but I don't think I should publish it because I don't want to be, if it gets popular, I don't want to be known as the angel book publisher. Oh, I don't want to be successful <laughs> in publishing. That's always... So, <laughs> but he said um, a friend of his had retired from the publishing business and had a lot of success, but he was only taking, and he wanted to still be in the game, so he was taking... You know, new age books. And Terry the Coyotes are howling. We got to take oh, a short sure. break. Okay. Give me just a minute, and we'll be back. We're talking to Terry Taylor Castillo, and we're talking about angel consciousness. And it's a good conversation. If you want to call in, you can. Our number is 760 366 8471. I'll repeat that again in a minute. And just uh, hang on there, and we will be right back with more Desert Oracle Radio.
Now's the time for you to call Desert Oracle Radio. The studio line is open. 760-366-8471. That's 760-366-8471. That's right. We got the robot all fixed up. It was having a hard time remembering the phone number. We took it down to Morongo Valley and got it an oil bath. It's like a sound bath, but with oil. We are in the studio with... Terry Taylor Castillo, author of Messengers of Light and many other best, best-selling books on angel consciousness. Terry, I've known you a couple of years, and it was only recently, I believe when we got into the absinthe, that <laughs> you revealed right. this this important aspect of, of your life, yeah. and I was just immediately fascinated it is sort of like another life, you know, I mean, it's, it's been, it was really basically all through the nineties that this was my life. And then it kind of slowed down. Um, but you had, what was, I mean, I found, I believe four still in print through Harper Collins. So these, yeah. I, they're in Spanish, <laughs> right? And I'm sure many other languages. So these struck yeah, a chord that was with fun. people. Yeah, and when I, when this book was first published, um, I hadn't even seen a copy of it, and I got a letter from someone because it had arrived at a bookstore, and she was wrote this whole thing about the angels and her life, and this, and she was so happy about my book. I went, wow, you know, and then. I was flooded with letters. They were amazing. I thought, this is something's going on. And then the book sold out within two weeks. Wow. They didn't do a huge first run or anything. but So there was obviously something going on. And about maybe two years into it, it became a trend. And that was getting a little uncomfortable for me. Because I was like, I didn't do this start angel stores with you know what I mean it like but it was the right time you were in the zeitgeist yeah and um, and then people really wanted only to hear about amazing angel stories and yeah I said you know those are important but I really want people to get the consciousness Mm -hmm. and get a lifestyle where they feel connected to angels not wanting to be wowed by like this magical thing that happens I, I don't know so one thing I liked in the the introduction to the reprint is you talk about how the the smaller things especially the funny things the humorous parts mm-hmm. of having this sense of another consciousness being aware of what you're doing and what you're up to is one of the kind of daily delightful things about it. And it sounded very right. Buddhist to me, honestly. Yeah, you know, it's it's humor. It's from, I think Jung said the only divine quality of a human is, is their sense of humor. And I really believe that. I think if we, again, take ourselves out of this taking things too serious, overthinking, and have a good laugh at how 
really crazy human life is, you know, and and put it in a different perspective. It really always works for me. Well, let's let's see who we've got on the line here, and we'll take a a call. And uh, let's hope my angel is watching over the phone board here. Welcome, you're on the air. This is Desert Oracle Radio. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Do you have your radio on? Yeah. Can you turn that down, please, sir? Thank you. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's all right. Uh, just, Hello? Yeah, we got you. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the program. Do you have a question for our guest? Yes, I was wondering, uh, how did you feel about uh, negative angels? Ooh, negative angels. That always seems to come up, and um, I don't, I don't think there are negative angels. I think there's experiences that we interpret as negative, and if we think something outside ourselves is doing it to us, then we may say, "Oh, and negative angels after me." But I don't. So we can only kind of attribe positive experiences to angels but only no, that I, I don't think you sh- negative. yeah I don't think it's a matter of negative or positive it's a matter of oh, our, right. our life and our growth and you know tragedies definitely are hard to get through but if we come out on the other side there might be a really amazing thing that comes to us after that since like the story of Joe right the what the story of Job. The story of Job. Yeah, and, uh, and, in a and way. In the Old Testament. Right. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That, that, that wasn't he, the. He, he went through the river, but he came out better. Yeah. But he did, yes, yeah, seem to uh, gain something from it, I guess. He lost a lot. A lot. It's kind of like going through the recession. He lost entire family through an angel. Yeah. yeah. And and the, yeah. the the Old Testament angels were certainly uh, yeah, they, uh, robust characters. Of course, they Sir, have you had any experiences that you would describe, or or maybe uh, consider to be evidence of having some sort of angelic consciousness or encounter? I would say, well, like she described, like. No matter what, an angel is going to be looking out for you, no matter anything. So, I feel my entire life, yeah. I, I feel getting a job today, or uh, getting a car wreck two months ago. Either way, it's going to be job of an angel. Well, I'm glad you're around to be able to get on the phone after having a car wreck two months ago. It's, yeah. you know, it's a... a it's a tough thing to kind of wrap your head around because obviously there's not uh, an angel there for a lot of people when their car crashes when they have an illness when whatever happens so then the the thing that i wanted to ask you about terry is we all go through life cycles and they have beginnings and ends so what do you think the role of this kind of angel consciousness is in getting us to be able to go through those those life cycles maybe in a, a wiser way? Well, um, I was sort of stuck on that. What you were saying is some people don't... Okay, well, 
backing up to the car accidents and if you don't make make it through one and everything. And I think then again we're judging that um, death is a punishment and we don't know that. And, you know, if, and I'm not a physicist so I can't explain it, but I sometimes have moments where I feel like everything is in this moment, everything. The people who've passed on are here. The people that are yet to come, or you know, all of it is happening at once. So, to to look at when the angels aren't there to save us, that's just maybe part of the grand design, or I don't know. But um, back to your question, can you be a little more specific with that? Like, I guess what I'm getting at is. There are times when it certainly feels like there's somebody watching out for you. And there are times when, like in Wings of Desire... Ah, okay. They're watching, but they're watching in sorrow as Mm -hmm. you go through cycles of life that are not going to work out in, in the way that the angel smiles and pats you on the back and says, go get them. (laughs) Right. I think if you tap into all of this, when you do go through a tough time, it's a time. It's going to pass. And if you just hang on, you know, or just even if you start a project, like if you keep going with it, it's going to work. You know, it's going to, you're going to finish it and it, and even when people give up on certain, like they want to be an artist, say, because it's an easy one, and then they're like, no, I got to give this up. It's just not working. Then you've stopped the, you know, the process there. And a lot of times you've got to stick with all of the ups and downs and the good times, the bad times, you know, and see where it goes. And I think it's a, a, sometimes we feel really connected. Other times we just don't. And I think that's normal. And if we start getting too hung up on the times when things aren't working, it's, you know, you've got to get some distance. You've got to back off. And I think that's what's great about a spiritual path because you're, it, you fill it with what you want. But there's certain things that work. And it's taking yourself out of, through meditation, or just slowing down, or centering yourself, taking a walk, um, reading a spiritual book. All of these things can really take you to a much more peaceful space with perspective. Now, do you think the disappointment that might come with some of these pursuits is because we have a maybe a cliched or predetermined view of what we think the end result is and we're disappointed when it doesn't end in that way? I think we're expecting something. The other thing too, I know um, and I was guilty of this too because I was pretty young when I was writing these books is I thought, well if I just ask the angels for these things it's going to happen. But honestly I look back and I'm so happy some of these things didn't happen. (laughs) Because I wouldn't have wanted them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, I don't even know example? what they are. 
right now, but you know, things you just are like, okay, I really feel that I can have this and you know, and then it's like, it doesn't happen, but you look back and you're like, well, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So I think having the expectations is probably where we get disappointed. Having goals and knowing that things might change, you might have to adjust your goals or adjust the way you look at your goals. You know, be a little more flexible with that and then may not be as disappointed. But (laughs) given that, the world is full of a lot of humans and a lot of situations that we have to work with too we can't control so much of it you know but we can create a world for ourselves where we feel comfortable i think so asking your guardian angel for the uh, lotto numbers (laughs) is unrealistic right probably and i sometimes angels are a little bit bratty and trickstery you know they that if you're asking for stuff like that, they might create a funny lesson for you. So is this kind of like the genie stories? <laughs> I don't know. I think anytime you think that there's a magic answer, then, you know, you're going to probably be disappointed. Or one thing that's going to solve all your problems. You wrote your last of the new angel books, what about the late 90s, is that correct? Early 2000s? Um, I think the last one I wrote was 2005. And And that was the compilation of a lot of the books and ideas I put together. And at that point, did you feel like you'd said what had to be said? You know, I wasn't sure. I I really felt that um, it, I was kind of disappointed that the angel thing became a trend. And as with every trend, people get disinterested. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like, oh, yeah, I was into angels. I'm I'm over that. I'm into crystals now. Right. Or I'm Yoga. into this or that. Yeah. But I think angels go with us on all of our interests and pursuits it's a consciousness and it makes us better um, at life I think it helps us be better humans and I you know that's what I would like to encourage um, well here's a little story the Oprah um, producer called me and was going to do a show on angels and said, you know, well, we want you to come on and talk about all those great angel stories. Because I, I did a book of angel letters that I'd gotten that were amazing. And um, I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired of doing that because I'd rather talk about how angels can help us individually in life without creating, you know, these miraculous situations. That's wonderful if that happens, but... And we had a long talk, and she goes, wow, I really love this. She goes, but I don't, you know, I don't think they'll want that on the show because they want, like, the... The fireworks, um, right? Yeah, like... Jackpots. Yeah, and that's what... And I said, no, I get it. I said, but, you know, I'm kind of at the end of that. I I did a couple TV things where um, I did talk about some of that, but... 
So I just said, you know, no. And I then I realized I'm kind of at that point where I'll just let it let the trend do its thing. And then, you know, and then people kind of stopped reading too <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> If you're listening out there, <laughs> let this be a reminder from your better angels to do some reading now and then. Right. Pick up a book. You know, it's a, it's a nice thing to read something and you don't get any notifications in a book. That's right. You can just read for a little bit. And books on these topics, even though fads come and go, the books often have very, very long lives. Yeah. I can think of a couple. You know, there was the one that that story about Job was in. That book is still around. And then uh, the Old Testament. And then there are all kinds of spiritualist books from the turn of the last century that completely fell out of print, almost disappeared. And then suddenly, starting in about 1968, 69, mm -hmm. all these new publishers showed up right. and brought all and this stuff back in. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, and then you have the, the Wicca books mm -hmm. that originally came out in the 50s, fell out of favor, and now they're all over again right. in Los Angeles in the, in the crystal shops. And, <laughs> yep. And, I mean, we have crystal shops right here in Joshua Tree. We if do. you're shopping for crystals. At the retreat center, we've got some great ones in the bookstore. Yeah. And, in fact, with, where the Desert Oracles used to be, I don't know if they're, I think they moved over by the register, but it was this beautiful display, glass display case. And every time I brought books in, all my books were all lit up <laughs> you know, from from the, yeah. the, the different the display. beautiful colors from the crystals. Do you still get letters? Um, you know, I've changed my address a couple times, so I know. So someone in one of your old houses is probably getting all these fantastic stories. Well, I usually stories. had um, mailbox, you know, like a P.O. box or uh -huh. something. But uh, I've had some people occasionally will find me on Facebook and, you know, write, hey, what's up? Or, you know, are you still doing angel talks and that kind of thing. <laughs> Those are my angels, the coyotes. You've been listening to Desert Oracle Radio. We are going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. If you want to call in, 760-366-8471. We have time maybe for one more call on Desert Oracle Radio.
You are listening to Desert Oracle Radio live from KCDZ in Joshua Tree, California. We have been talking tonight with Terry Taylor Castillo, also known as Terry Lynn Taylor, author of best-selling books on angel consciousness. Many still in print. I got mine from Amazon. I should I should have come to the retreat center bookstore. <laughs> Uh, anything exciting going on at the retreat center coming up? Mm-hmm. I know you just had your big open house. Right, and that went really well. Um, just haven't planned anything other than we've got a lot of good yoga classes going on now, um, a great meditation class, two breathwork classes that um, a reverend of mental physics teaches. Yeah. So if you go on our website, you can hook into all that. And Which is, what's the website? It's jtrcc.org. jtrcc.org. Yeah, two C's. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, this was great. And you've been listening to Desert Oracle Radio. I'm your host, Ken Lane, and the sounds you hear around us tonight are composed and performed by our very own Red, Blue, Black, Silver here in Joshua Tree, custom-made for your entertainment to set the mood for a Mojave night. Listen on October 5, that's Saturday, a few weekends from tonight, Desert Oracle Radio will be presenting a special edition of Campfire Stories at Amboy Crater in Mojave Trails National Monument. Campfire Stories with me, your host, Ken Lane, followed by a star party with telescopes and astronomy. Figure out what that constellation is, finally. The one that looks like a bear with an instant pot on its head. 5 p.m. Saturday. It's just about an hour north of 29 Palms and Joshua Tree. It is free on your public lands in Mojave Trails National Monument and Boy Crater. Now, if you go to our website, desertoracle.com, click events, find out about our secret performance coming up on October 18 in Joshua Tree. I said the wrong date last week, and the architect, Dave McAdam, was not pleased. He thought I was running a secret, secret show besides the one he knew about. No, there's only that one. It's on the 18th, Friday. You can message us on Instagram or Twitter or email. Or you can stop me at the saloon or whatever. I'll tell you about it. I just can't say it on the radio. And on Halloween night, Thursday, October 31st, it's going to be campfire stories at Ace Hotel in Palm Springs, 7 p.m. Free, open to all, scary stories under the stars, outside around a campfire right there in Palm Springs. We're going to continue that on Thursdays including the day after Christmas and the day after New Year's. Now, the Area 51 thing is happening out there. It doesn't look like I'm going to be able to make it, so I wish them well. Good luck. I'm in the middle of trying to buy a house and move and... It it just wasn't the time to go break the aliens out of Area 51. 
Sorry, buddies. Our friend Jeremy Corbell is all wrapped up in this business. We hope it goes well. Do wear sunscreen, Jeremy, and drink plenty of fluids. Beer is a fluid, but some water, too, would be a good idea out there under the sun for all these many days. Now, you know, a couple of Dutch YouTubers got arrested before the event even started. And in the early hours of this morning, when a crowd, a very small crowd, but a crowd nonetheless, gathered at one of the Area 51 back gates, one gentleman was arrested for public urination. guess when there are about a thousand federal cops standing around, you don't want to do anything that might get their attention. They're all kind of on hair triggers. And we'll see what any of this has to do with the UFO phenomenon which is quite real. There was some strange news this week. As for about the sixth or seventh time in the last couple of years, the Pentagon and or the U.S. Navy acknowledged the unidentified aspect of the unidentified aerial phenomena. These things that have been plaguing Navy pilots off the coast of San Diego and off the coast of Virginia. They used to call them Foo Fighters in World War II. That's a lot better name than UAP. second live show in six or seven weeks or months or years we're gonna have this all under control it's gonna be like making coffee in the morning which I still can't do very well but is there a coffee angel There's a coffee angel. From Amboy to Zizekson across the Great Mojave Wilderness, this has been Desert Oracle Radio, and I am your host, Ken Lane. We broadcast from KCDZ in Joshua Tree and on fine community radio stations on the West Coast through 
PRX, Public Radio Exchange. Soundscapes on tonight's program by Joshua Tree's own Red, Blue, Black, Silver, who is our own Giorgio Moroder. You get the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. I don't know who the guest is next week, but we're going to figure out who the guest will be, and we're going to have them here. Maybe it's you. Lots of good people joining us in the weeks ahead, including our friends, the author Eric Davis, the author Anna Merlin, the music critic, writer, and record store man, Jason P. Woodbury from Phoenix, Arizona. He's going to be bringing his new feature, Woodbury Files to our program and it's going to be all about weird things regarding musical artists. Jason wrote the liner notes to an upcoming re-release of a album by Jim Sullivan who even want to tell you what happened to Jim Sullivan. It's too weird. He's going to tell you. Thank you for listening. Good night from the Voice of the Desert.